Whichever bitch wanna come get it, I got it, I'm giving I work, I'm apply. These bitches talking that shit and ain't saying my name and I can't keep just letting it fly. They got a sub, they got a tweet, they gotta go get their hunger for me. If I was still doing broke shit with your broke ass and your broke ass, we won't be. Hey, what's going on everybody? It's your boy Jordan. And this is Desmond. And welcome to episode 140 of Two Black Nerds. That's right, it's that time once again for us to bring you our opinions and our takes on all things fandom, pop culture, and entertainment. As always, you can find two black nerds wherever you get your podcasts please make sure to hit that subscribe button and leave us a friendly rating and comment to show your support and of course join in on the conversation each and every week by following us on twitter and instagram at two black nerds we appreciate that love y'all and let's not forget to mention we have merchandise that's available now at two black go check out our nerds of thunder collection inspired by thor love and thunder we got t-shirts crew neck city stickers mugs and tote bags so go ahead and place those orders right now on today's show we'll be reviewing episode three of marvel studios she hulk attorney at law as usual We'll do a spoiler-filled recap of the biggest moments and developments from this week's installment. But before we get to any and all of that, we're kicking off this podcast with our general impressions of the new episode, which is indeed entitled The People versus Emil Blonsky. So we've already gotten two episodes of She-Hulk Attorney at Law. I believe both of us generally liked what we've seen so far. It's not the best thing coming out of the gate in terms of a Marvel Studios series, but it has been pretty good, and there's definitely been some enjoyable moments. And as we continue to ramp up each week with the story as it develops, Certainly, we've gained even more interest to see what this is all going to ultimately shape out to be, especially as it relates to the new characters that get introduced or at least reintroduced into the series each and every week. Mm -hmm. And in particular, this episode focused on Emil Blonsky, which is something we expected based off of the events of last week. But with that said, man, I'll toss it over to you. What did you generally think about this week's episode of She-Hulk Attorney of Law? Yeah, man. I think I'm 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 kind of still on par with the last two episodes as as they're still enjoyable, but still a little bit left to be desired. I think. Um, and and in that being said, I still had a decent time watching it. I wasn't mad. Like, dang, turn this thing off. Neither was I. Like, this is the greatest TV I've ever seen. Um, you know. In in I had a realization this week too that in watching this show, it has the timing in which it's coming out just has such a heavy burden. By way of we know we know how MCU shows are kind of structured now and how they stack up against each other. But it has just so much more pressure, I think, on it as there's a lot of really good other TV that's out there right now that, you know, uh, uh, your your House of Dragon, the Better Call Saul, shoot, Stranger Things just came out like it's just it's coming at the end of the jam packed summer. And so I, I, I know uh, I, I'm maybe a little too hard on this show because there's just so much else happening in the in the world of TV that I, I would consider good to great. And and this and She-Hulk comes in is just fine. And I think that's okay in the grand scheme of things. It's like, okay, yeah, this is a fine show. I I, I like it. But it just it, it just has a different uh uh a little bit different, I don't know, uh uh I guess burden to carry as we move into these other weeks. What this episode does that I really like is I think it establishes the tone for what the rest of the series is going to be like. Episode one, we kind of get that origin story. Episode two, we get uh, uh, how Jen kind of gets her job and what it looks like for her to to enter the world of She-Hulk, She-Hulk attorney at law. I think this week finally establishes its own identity as the first. This is what the case of the week is going to be for She-Hulk. This is what this is what this show is really going to look like and i think it takes a also a small step up in terms of what the comedy is going to be like in this show um and i had a decent amount of laughs you know uh in the episode but 
it just uh yeah right right now it was just fine but i like that it's establishing that tone and i like that it's at least setting itself apart a little bit from the other mcu mcu shows feeling that way uh that it's just taking again a, a, a small step towards something a, a little different man giving us a case by case uh or week by week case um have you will so uh I, I i'm still having a good time um it's not my favorite show not my least favorite show ever either uh but again just a little bit more to be desired but i'm i'm fine right now and i'm still looking forward to a lot of what's to come because i think this episode indicated there's a ton of potential in the tv show um i love a lot of the fourth wall breaking that's happening i love uh i don't know she she still feels like she hulk now i need the show to just ramp up a little bit more in terms of what the overarching story is even though you're giving us case by uh or week by week to week case by cases so um that's kind of how i feel right now so far with these two episodes before this week's episode the sitcom style format the 30 minute episode format was something that i was very much looking forward to it was a nice change of pace compared to what we've gotten with a few of the previous iterations of these mcu tv series and i think that there therein lies a challenge with just the sitcom format in general because although it's divided up into that way with these nine episodes it's not really presented in that way it's not presented in the traditional style of a sitcom, at least not until this week. This week is kind of the first time where it felt like we had gotten a contained story that really focused on the beginning, middle, and end of what they were presenting to us. And I liked that about this episode. But what mm -hmm. I have to say is that I'm extremely mixed on what I saw this week, where there are certainly some things that I enjoyed, that I really appreciated that they took steps toward from what I was expecting out of this show, especially with that structure piece that I just talked about. There were also some moments in this that I thought were actively bad, like mm -hmm. just straight up really, really bad stuff that I just did not like at all. And mm -hmm. that's really just based on my own preference for comedy. And this is a comedy show. And I think your mileage is going to vary based on what they present to us. All the stuff that they present as jokes or comedic moments isn't going to work for everybody. And the style of comedy is certainly going to hit people differently. And for me personally, a lot of the stuff as it pertains to the subplot in this week's episode, I just thought was flat out whack. <laughs> I, I did not like it. I was totally not here for it. I wanted mm -hmm. to get back to the main central story and it just wasn't for me. And that's not to say that other people can't enjoy it. That's not to say that a lot of other people have latched on to some of the things that they've done in terms of the introduction of characters in the show and the introduction of cameos. I'm glad that people are having fun with that stuff. That's that's totally cool. Um, but it just wasn't for me. And, and, and no, that doesn't mean that I don't like to have fun with my series. No, that doesn't mean I don't get it. I, I get it. But just because you understand what the show is presenting itself as, just because it's more so a lighthearted series as opposed to mm -hmm. what we may have saw in Moon Knight, for example, that doesn't mean that it's always going to be good, especially from my perspective on that. So I'm very mixed on this week's episode. I certainly did not love it. I thought it was barely okay, if I'm really, really being honest. And I'm, mm -hmm. I'm hoping that next week kind of rebounds and, and ends up as a stronger addition to, to this show because I, I was kind of left with a sour taste in my mouth after seeing some things. And also the one other thing that I'll mention, I'll probably circle back to it when we get to the spoilers, but... There were some visual effects in this episode, not even with Jennifer Walters and She-Hulk. It, it's more so just the the environments and what they were doing here that is just so blatantly done on studio sound stages where I just mm -hmm. I just really question the methodology behind this. Like, why are we doing it this way? I understand that schedules and all of this stuff plays into the factors of how you're able to pull these things off, but st certain stuff just doesn't look good, and and it's becoming just so glaringly obvious at at notable points. And I'm just I'm just 
I'm wondering if it's actually a beneficial choice or if it's just a workaround to get to get through ultimately. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's just kind of a workaround because it's not it's not exclusive to this show. I've seen it elsewhere, but I'll, I'll point that out when we get to talking about more details. So ultimately, right now, I'm very mixed on it. I'll, I'll watch it again just to see if my feelings may change slightly, but I don't I don't anticipate that they will. Ultimately, I'm kind of kind of setting my ways on on what I thought about this one. I, I am hoping that, you know, maybe next week can can bring it back around in a bit of a better way. But with that being said, let's talk about all of the details with this week's episode. Let's get into everything that occurred. And of course, the main story here is the trial of Emil Blonsky. Again, something we expected based off of the events of last week. We left off with the escape of Abomination from prison. And we knew that it was Wong who helped him escape because we saw the leaked footage from him and Mikhail at the Fight Club, which was a notable scene from Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, that film that came out last year. And so this week, we finally got to see some of the explanation behind what actually happened. And Emil, in his own words, said that he was forced out of his own wheel to follow behind Wong and go to this Fight Club. And ultimately, Jennifer Walters, now she's looking for Wong because... This is going to tamper with her case. This is going to really <laughs> put her backwards in terms of the fight mm-hmm. that she's trying to put forth for Emil. And they do find Wong. And ultimately, he's able to explain that he did it because he just needed to sharpen his fighting skills in order to become the Sorcerer Supreme. So it was kind of out of a selfish game. But it's that was one moment that I actually really liked because I thought it was just a nice, simple way to say, like, hey, I needed somebody that was formidable that I could fight and could test my strength and abilities out against. He seemed like a great pick. I came, got him, and we went to China. Boom, made it happen, and then I brought him back. And I, he 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 even wanted to come back. I had to actually bring him back because I was offering him some sort of uh, some sort of reprieve and in, in camaraderie. But what did you think about that whole explanation, Emil, and just like his whole reasoning behind why he ultimately went with went with Wong in that fight, and and, and how that played out throughout the rest of this episode. Yeah, first and foremost, I like how Wong just wanted to smoke. That, I think that's like the most Sorcerer Supreme thing ever is just being like, um, I need to practice. Who is somebody ridiculous that I can just fight? And here he is just breaking this dude um, out of the, out of the, 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 the what is it? I keep wanting to say the CDC. <laughs> but oh, breaking d- this dude control. out of the, uh, the, yeah, out of damage control. Um, and, you know, I think that's, I, one of the things I like about this cameo in Wong is that it's one of the things that just feels connected, right? Like, I, I know a lot of times we talk about, oh, some things are too connected. We want things to be this and that. I'm like, it's the MCU. It's it's cool that She-Hulk, or that Wong is here and She-Hulk having to explain this this little case. Um, but I love that it's, it's connected to kind of a bigger picture because now, of course, he would, if somebody who just became the Sorcerer Supreme is trying to, you know, f- figure out his his defenses and his offenses, he would be trying to fight somebody like Abomination, who's absolutely ridiculous, who wouldn't try to fight, I don't know, like, I feel like if Thor wanted to have a spar match, he'd go fight the Hulk again, you know what I'm saying? Like, let's let's do this thing for real. So it made sense um, that that was the reason. Uh, man, I, 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 I like Tim Roth, man. The dude is just, he just has something about him. I don't know. He's, he's just a charismatic dude. Um, and I, I like the idea that he's been rehabilitated somehow because I think when we do start to move into Thunderbolt territory, these guys are, are legit anti-heroes, right? Like I, you know, some of them, I don't know, like you, you can't be full villain when that happens. You know what I'm saying? Like and none of these people are going to be full villain. So I like that. There's some kind of crawling back to reality for Emil Blonsky here um, in, in order for him to again to have his moment to say look i've been rehabilitated 
I'm ready. To, I'm, I, I, look, Wong, I need to go back home, bro, or else, <laughs> like, something's not going to go right here. Um, and, and, and so, yeah, I, I really just enjoyed these moments. I like uh, that Wong is here, and I like that um, Tim Roth, uh, as in Mel Blonsky, I think he did what he needed to do here. I think last week he had that tone that we kind of talked about where it's like, ooh, it's kind of hard to get back into this kind of slightly new character coming from the original Incredible Hulk. And here, I feel like he, he got more comfortable in the role. He's like, okay, this is where I think he exists within today's MCU. This is the comedy beats in which he exists in today's MCU. And it felt more normal this week. Um, so, yeah, I enjoyed most of that stuff. I love seeing Wong anytime he pops up, especially with everything happening in Phase 4. He's been such a reoccurring character, which makes so much sense as the Sorcerer Supreme. I think... That choice mm. to make him and ha- have him have that title was actually really intelligent because I-, I just imagine, you know, no shade to Benedict Wong, who plays Wong. But I think Benedict Cumberbatch is just infinitely more busy with just mm-hmm. many more roles and many more things that he's doing outside of the MCU when he's playing Doctor Strange. He's always working all the time. Like he had like four or five movies come out last year, something ridiculous like that. It's crazy. So to have somebody like Benedict Wong who can, I think, be around and be more available as the Sorcerer Supreme in that particular role, it not only helps him just become more beloved by the audience, but it also just helps his character grow more and we establish more of a relationship with him. And he's also just a really dope character and he's really friendly mm-hmm. and nice and everything he does is just like really cool and he always has these, these, these um, I think, interesting interactions with other characters all throughout the universe we also saw that before he was uh, at Comertage, they found his linkedin profile that's how they located him <laughs> he worked at target as a as an associate for like nine years like a ridiculous amount of time before he ended up becoming the librarian at Comertage, and then his headline on linkedin reads sorcerer supreme which instantly <laughs> inspired me like i want to go and change my headline on linkedin to sorcerer supreme i'm just curious man what do you think what department would Wong have worked in at Target. I'm, I'm sure he switched departments. Like, he had to go multiple places. But, like, was he, like, a kitchen and dining guy? Was he in electronics? Like, where would yeah, Wong man. have made the most sense to be working at in Target? Yeah, he was, he was by the books, man. That's why he ended up becoming a... That was part of his resume that he gave to Carmitage. She was like, look, y'all, Yo. I was by the books up in Target. Like, this is, this is what I do. This is where I am. So I think between that... And a little bit of electronics, you know. Carmitage allowed him to to get away from all the screens and all of that stuff, you know. Uh, also, love how his LinkedIn profile they have that one similar connection. And it's, it's literally uh, uh, Bruce Banner. I was like, of course they have <laughs> this this one connection in Bruce Banner. Right. But yeah, I, he was definitely he was definitely in the books, man. Work working away. Target has a pretty decent book section too, so I, I, I imagine great. he was able to do some uh, some some reasonable work there. Um, in nine years, I mean, he put in his time and made definitely made his. Uh, his mark on target i'm sure but um i really liked him seeing him here emil blonsky as you were saying he he's kind of a weird character now like he's really weird Mm -hmm. the way that tim roth is playing him is like intentionally weird and i like it i actually Mm -hmm. like like what he's doing here because there has to be an adjustment between how he portrayed the character back in 2008 to now and like we're even seeing moments now where like he has employees speaking on his behalf like he's been leading yoga (laughs) and he's had meditation sessions and we ultimately found out the seven soulmates that was just a gag. I mean, I, I think everything they're going to do in the show is a gag and not really going to lead to something significant. We we suspected maybe it was maybe it was Thunderbolts. Maybe they were talking about like something more meaningful. Turns out it's seven random women who 
it looks kind of like a cult. I'm gonna be honest. The way that they were dressed, oh, the way that they that were in sort boy. of a, a yeah, it looked like a Midsommar sort of situation. They were in unison with the same outfits. They stood in a straight line. It was it was a bit of a peculiar <laughs> situation to say the least. But uh, yeah, Tim Roth. He's he's sort of with this character with Emil Blonsky. He's made a name for himself throughout. I guess the prison community, which also kind of sounds weird to say, but he has a name. He actually has become like a reputable person. People know who he is, but they also have like really positive things to say about him. Everybody's like, oh, this guy really helped me out. He was actually super <laughs> beneficial to Toilet what I needed at a particular time. Yeah, it's like, kabut- like what's going on here? I'm just like, really? This this is like one of the elements of the of the series and the, this episode in particular that I really enjoyed. I just like what they, they, they mm-hmm. did there just to make him more interesting than what we saw him as. It's just like this regular bad guy. Yeah, it's it's I don't know. It's just cool to see. That's the stuff I think I like to see out of a fun lawyer show. It's like, okay, give us, I don't know, some of these weird kind of quirky things about the person you're defending. And I think they they did that very well. Pulling in these random people on this list (laughs) that they, you know, felt um, that Jen felt like would would help his case. And so uh, I thought, I don't know, I feel like I had seen it before, but I couldn't put my finger on it. Um, Like they were playing off of something else, but I'll, I'll figure it out later. But I was like, dang, I feel like Somebody else was talking about the toilet wine somewhere, trying to defend somebody. Uh, but no, this is, that's all great stuff, man. Uh, this, again, by far, probably my favorite part of the episode in terms, of, you know, everything else kind of surrounded us. Like, eh, we'll talk about that. But like that was like, OK, yeah, this is what the show should be. Give me a random superhero that is in some trouble or just super person, I should say, that's in trouble and go defend him. And that's exactly what it was. So that's what I was looking for. And that, again, that's the, the part I enjoyed the most. It's it's admittedly goofy, too, because if we're being honest, the case that Jen is presenting here kind of paper thin, like it wouldn't really mm-hmm. hold up in a real court. There's no way after they see him expand to this ridiculous monster within <laughs> the cell that they would just be OK with that being out on the street, even with an inhibitor chip like mm-hmm. bullshit. I'm calling bullshit on that. There's no way they would be OK with that. But that's one of the things that I think, you know, we can suspend disbelief. We can allow that to just slide because it is presented in a fun way. It's admittedly supposed to be a little bit more ridiculous. So that stuff I was pretty cool with. I do want to talk quickly about Jen, too, because we're seeing sort of a trend happen here where this celebrity of She-Hulk continues to come to the forefront. A lot mm-hmm. of attention is paid to how people perceive her, which is certainly an intentional choice, I think, by the writers of the series. We get more news footage. We get more internet clippings and headlines of just how people perceive her. And whereas I feel like in last week's episode, when she sort of revealed to the world, at least at the top of episode two, we see a little bit more of a positive spin and people are rallying behind She-Hulk and they're chanting her name and they're giving her these different aliases and they want her to turn green this week it's definitely more of a backlash where we actually see the writers of this show take real social media posts and tweets that have actually come out in the past about the creation of a she-hulk show in general people who go online and say why do we need a female iteration of a man character why do we need to strip away the manhood of the hulk mm. in order to give this the spotlight to a she-hulk character why is the mcu all about women these days why does every hero need a female companion the mcu i've heard it all and they they pretty much pointed all of that <laughs> stuff out in this episode and, and and just you know sort of kind of laid waste to i think the the, the critics of a female protagonist in these series. Uh, what did you make of seeing that? How did you react to just seeing that whole montage of those tweets that they pulled of, of people's reactions to She-Hulk being around? Yeah, I'm curious to know if this this part existed before or after they were review bombed. Um, but I, I, 
I actually like when the MCU fight back, fights back a little bit because it's like these people out here are just absolutely ridiculous. Um, we see Star Wars has been fighting back recently, you know what I mean? But I, I love to see the, the MCU fight back at least a little bit. And it's like, what are y'all talking about? Like, why are y'all trolling? Why? I don't know. People just be talking out the side of their neck all the time. And so I love how even how accurate some of those tweets were. Some of them had was talking about affirmative action and like. So we have a Me Too movement now, and all the male superheroes are gone. I was just like, what is going on here um, in, in these tweets? But they're all so realistic. And I think that's why I want, I like when the MCU speaks up, because it's not like there's a shortage of these. It's like, no, there's a lot of people that's really out here tweeting these things for real, for real. And so I think if if if, if they address it, I don't know, it just, it just feels like uh, uh, not even a slap in the face, but it's like telling these people, like, "Shut up, we're gonna do what we want," <laughs> kind of type thing. Regardless, so I didn't, I didn't mind a little nods um, into into what was going on there with her character, man. But it's so crazy because it's it's like mixed between that and how ridiculously how ridiculous social media is forming Jen as She Hulk. That's just how fast it happens. We see like that moment where like a a, a newscaster is coming by. I was like, hey, "Didn't you get kicked out of?" or rejected from the Avengers. And the lady instantly turns around from a completely different news <laughs> news place. And is like, <laughs> she Hulk kicked out of the Avengers tower or something. It's just like, bro, what is going on? Like, is this really what's happening? But it's, it's, it's a, I, I love how it's all encompassing. It's like, of course they're going to address these, these weirdos and, and how they feel about women superheroes and blah, blah, blah. And them being review bomb. But also they're talking about how crazy social media can be, and how she didn't have to say anything, and she's just She-Hulk. You know what I'm saying? And so uh, it's, it's just really crazy stuff, um, but also very, I think, reflective of the times that we're in. Good old plagiarism prevails. She stole that shit so fast. Like, she didn't even think crazy. about it. She was like, oh, yeah, she got kicked out of the Avengers. That was also... <laughs> um, it was also interesting to see that they uh, they sort of had a little Easter egg. They nodded to the actual origin story of Jennifer Walters in the comics that... Somebody said, some reporter said, like, oh, there was a rumor that you got your powers because of a botched mob hit or something of that nature. Mm. And that's actually, like, reflective of how she got her powers in the comics. She was attacked yep. by a mobster and who, who shot her, and that whole, that kicked off the whole transfusion thing. But, um, yeah, you know, I think all of this stuff was 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 nice to have here. I mean, it's it's for me, it's similar to what we even see in The Boys. The Boys is also another mm, show. Mm -hmm. They yeah. got review bombed, and inevitably, they, they write that into the show. They talk about that very thing, and... It's just so ironic that these people that complain about this, like you're you're in the show now, like you you actually have a reflection of of the things that you say end up in this show. So it's just kind mm -hmm. of ironic where people go and review bomb this, where it's like they already know that you're doing this, they know ahead of time that this is going to happen. That's why that they put that content within these episodes to actually address it and talk about it. Um, and I think it has to be shown plainly. I don't think you need to even necessarily do it in this roundabout way just show it to us like they did just show us the tweets again like a lot of those tweets were actual tweets that people made at least they were they were they were somewhat um paraphrased but mm -hmm. people have found screenshots to say like oh yeah this was the talk and the chatter when she hulk as a series was announced years ago like three years ago people were already complaining so they already knew that this was coming so i think it's ironic that you know the review bombing which happened recently it's only proving the point even further of, of exactly. what they're trying to say here with this with this particular series. So I like seeing that stuff. Um, let's transition to talk about the subplot of this episode, which for me is the elephant in the room. But we do get the subplot that deals with Dennis, this 
really cartoonish character who's just like a sexist sexist um who is really full of himself has like the biggest ego in the world and this light elf from new asgard and of course we can't fail to mention megan the stallion who does show up in this episode and we talked about earlier on the podcast this week the news that broke so this was obviously well-timed and certainly intentional to make the announcement ahead of the series um and the episode this week in particular but this was an entire sort sort of separate subplot happening here where dennis thought that he was dating megan the stallion turns out it's a light el- light elf from new asgard who can shapeshift but in actuality he knew that it was a light elf but he could he he was he was so upset that he had gotten got that he wanted mm-hmm. to take this and, and 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 take it to court essentially and to get money back because he spent like six figures worth of gifts giving to Megan the Stallion the shape shifting version of Megan the Stallion um, but he was just <laughs> trying to save face he he just was so embarrassed and it didn't didn't want to get caught up for for getting gotten this way and so um, this whole this whole thing was unfolding parallel to the storyline with Emil Blonsky and Jennifer Walters but ultimately they do do converge within the episode and we see Jennifer actually acknowledge that when she breaks the fourth wall but what did you just overall think about this particular subplot and how they you know sort of handled this um, throughout the direction of this episode yeah it was fine I think we didn't get enough of the elf <laughs> that was terrorizing everybody um it just kind of seemed like you know the 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 elf was there and then they were really silly and bamboozling people and then they kind of weren't I don't know it all felt I don't know, just very shallow of the things that that could have happened a little bit and it, and it felt a little just like slightly too silly like I understand the show is too silly but at least Tim Roth's case feels more has more gravity you know we know what like is, is going to happen potentially in the future we know where this guy was in the past and this this other case was like this dude just got bamboozled by you know somebody that shape-shifted i just i don't know i just feel like there should have been something else like another dynamic to this case to make it either slightly more interesting or at least make it more funny you know down the line and so it just, it, it just felt a little too childish um in terms of some of the other stuff we were getting especially this show of course, it, it it is comedy, but we've seen how it's like leaning a little bit more into the mature themes, right? Of, in, in terms of stuff that's going on, so I wish there was just a little bit more of that maturity that showed up in that other case. Um, uh, that way, I don't know, because I feel like they could have added something else to the way Pug defends, or add something else to I don't know the this elf that came from. Uh, 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 I keep wanting to see. I keep putting all my cities together. Asgard. I was about to say uh, Isengard. I've been watching Lord of the Rings, y'all. I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> Asgard. And so it's it's yeah, man. I just I just needed a little bit more out of that case to make it seem like it had a purpose. But in watching it, I was just like, I didn't need this. <laughs> uh, by the time I got to the end of it, I was just like, eh, why why did this exist? It, it, it felt like more like a filler. Like they had to do something to fill up the episode. They had to find a reason to put Meg the Stallion in the TV show instead of being like, okay, we could, sure, this is kind of silly, but we could take this moment to do something else to help a character, to help push what's happening in New Asgard, to help push, you know, something else. But it, I don't know, I just found that, found that lacking. And so, yeah, it just, it just wasn't, I think, what I was looking for out of that storyline, especially when it first presented. It's like, this dude been bamboozled. Okay. It's a shapeshifter. Okay, I like the premise. And then the farther we get down the line, the more I become disinterested. Disinterested is a great word for it. I just I did not like what we got here. This was not it for me. Um, I, overall, with the show, this this case of the week format that seems like they are heading in, I'm fine with that. And I was on board with that from the get-go. That's what I want to see. Because 
it does change up the formula of the typical Marvel tone and style that I think we're used to seeing. And a lot of these series thus far have followed a very traditional path in terms of the, their execution, at least from a Marvel mm -hmm. Studios perspective. And I like that they're breaking that. I like that they're going in a different direction with that. Again, sitcoms often in the past have had very contained episodes where there is a clear beginning, middle and end. It's mm -hmm. pretty rare where there's a narrative continuation throughout an entire series sometimes there there is there might be like an an overarching plot that sort of carries through in in small but meaningful ways throughout particular episodes but usually sitcoms just deal with new things each and every week so i'm good with that but this particular case here was just not it was just not interesting and because it was also played a lot for comedy just didn't work for me at all i just thought that this stuff was something that i was very disengaged with because these characters that we're focusing on Dennis and Pug, I, we haven't spent enough time with them for me to even give a fuck about anything mm -hmm. happening here. Like Dennis, I definitely don't care about because he's an asshole. So I, I could exactly. really care less. Um, he's being presented as like one of the the human vil villains in the series. I would say Pug, I think the actor's fine, but what has he done so far to actually make me invested in him defending mm -hmm. Dennis and being a part of this case? And then the light elf, as you said, didn't get any time with that particular character. Why are they doing this? Are they just doing this just to be mischievous and have fun? Like what's really the reason here? Mm -hmm. We don't get any time to really learn that opportunity. Also, there's a moment when they're in inside GLK and H where they introduce Re Renee Elise Goldsberry's character, uh, Mallory yeah. book. And mm -hmm. I felt like that that was just like a very clumsy introduction, which is, sort of been the thing that's happening here where characters come into an episode very briefly for like five seconds and then they're gone for whatever reason and we don't get any time to just like learn a little bit about them get another line that's meaningful understand a little bit about who they are so i just felt that that was clumsy and then i just want to say to circle back to what i was saying about visual effects there were scenes notably within the interior of glknh the headquarters here of this new superhuman law division that Jen is working out of all the interior shots in this particular episode were just so it's so clear that they were filmed on sound stages likely in Georgia in Atlanta as they typically do obviously the show was set in LA so they're presenting it as it's in California but Marvel does this thing where for some reason their backgrounds are always out of focus especially if it's a VFX mm. background and I feel like they've been doing that more and more lately mm -hmm. almost as a workaround to lessen the workload on producing those elements in camera to actually creating real textured things. So make it out of focus so that more work doesn't have to be put in. And I think sometimes that's okay. If you have to do that, fine. So be it. They did it a ton in Thor Ragnarok. I think that's why Thor Ragnarok, that's one of the reasons it got a lot of slack. Cause we would go to these places like Olympia, these beautiful new locations that they're creating and all the backgrounds are out of focus. We have the characters that are in focus, and then you look back behind them, and everything is out of focus. It's like, no, I want to see that detail. I want to see mm -hmm. all the stuff that you created here. Like, why not show me this new world that you're introducing? Then they do it here inside of a law office where the backdrop of Los Angeles, <laughs> at least what's supposed to be Los Angeles, is out of focus. It's buildings. Why? Why is that out of focus? Why can't we show a real exterior location or at least simulate one? And I feel like the only reason is because a lot of these shots were probably done at the last minute and they had to create a workaround in order to mm -hmm. get them produced in time for the series. And that just speaks to a bigger problem with all of this stuff. We've already mm -hmm. talked about the She-Hulk render and how that looks. No, no need to go back to that because it's going to look how it's going to look pretty much for the rest of the series. Mm -hmm. But it's these smaller things like this that just takes me out of the show. And I'm, I'm just keen to notice these things. Other people are probably not recognizing it. 
or even if they do, they probably just don't care, which is fine and that's fair. But for me, it's like, yo, something so simple. Like, can we not just try to make LA look real for for a couple of scenes here on these <laughs> interior shots? And so that really bothered me. But that being said, to get off that soapbox, this whole storyline just didn't work for me. We should talk about Meg though, because that was a notable cameo. <laughs> they teeter up the entire episode. They name dropped her so many times. I got tired of hearing her name, actually, if I'm being honest. Oh, no, really, though? And listen, it was fine. She played herself, which I don't think we were surprised about. We expected this. Mm-hmm. Did it work for you? How did you think, you know, Meg did in particular with this, with these, you know, I think what, two scenes she had in this, in this episode? Well, <laughs> what did you make of that? Uh, oh, boy. Um, I will never shy away from saying I want to see Meg Thee Stallion. Of course. What? Miss Thickums? Absolutely. When will I never <laughs> not want to see Meg Thee Stallion? For sure. But the, the way it was presented, not even in the courtroom. Courtroom was like, okay, it's a quick cameo. You know what I mean? Nobody could be Meg Thee Stallion. It was like three seconds. That's fine. I don't care about that. But that post credit scene was cringy, boy. It was just... I just was trying to figure out what we were doing here. I don't know. Like, is why did? In fact, even even the moment where it's like, okay, you're picking up Meg Thee Stallion as your uh uh one of your um what's the word I'm looking for? One of your cameos? No, no, no. You're picking up Meg Thee Stallion as one of uh oh one of your new clients. Client. That's literally the word I'm looking for. You're picking up Meg Thee Stallion as one of your new clients. Great cool that's fine okay like extend the cameo a little bit then a twerk off starts to, like a twerk down starts that first and foremost we uh, we might have to talk about it with the cgi just a little bit because we already know it's ridiculous what's going on with the cgi like a, a, <laughs> it's it's it could be it could be worse right now like i'm getting used to it now it's like okay this is what she hold looks like but now you extend it to make her twerk you didn't have to do that that's like a Somebody sat down and was like, I got it. They're going to twerk after they signed the contracts. And I, they signed off on it. I don't know why they signed off. Like, you didn't have to. That's more work for visual effects people to something that looks ridiculous and that's cringy. And you don't have to do that. And then, I don't know, man. It was just, it, 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 it was another level of why are we doing this when the cameo was enough. And even... I, I, I kind of like by the end where Meg is like, dial it down. I thought that about the whole thing. I'm just like, yes, dial it down, Jen. Like, what is what are we doing here for real? And so, um, again, uh, at first I was like, okay, cool. We got a new client. Meg this down. She might pop up later in the season. Like, yay, you won a case for me about something. You know what I'm saying? And then they start twerking. And you're just like, is is this <laughs> is this the direction we're headed in? Is this is this our queens? Is this is this the MCU at large? Like, oh my goodness, I I just did not expect something that cringy to come out. Like, it's different between like the light off that we're talking about. It had a story. It was childish, yes, but the level of cringe wasn't there. This was like, no, what are we really doing? And so, yeah, I just yeah, I was not expecting that to come out of the <laughs> Megan the Stallion cameo at all. Yeah, it's just one of those things. I I just couldn't get with it. it. It wasn't it wasn't for me. And I see a lot of people have enjoyed this cameo. Which again, more power to you if you like it. 
great that that's amazing happy for you have fun with it it's (laughs) it's viral they got the moment that they wanted obviously they put this in here to really create an internet moment and to create memes like it worked Mm -hmm. it absolutely worked and so mission accomplished there but for me watching this i was just like good god i i did not need this i really did not need this and and also to to be honest i felt like that the cameo really could have been anybody it didn't have to be Megan the Stallion. Like, mm-hmm. it felt very evident to me that they just like had a list of potential cameos of like celeb- celebrities that they would want to appear as themselves in the show, and they ultimately got to Megan the Stallion and said, "Oh, damn, damn, that would be really great, and we can use our music, and we can do this little twerking thing, whatever." So they eventually formed this idea. But I mean, honestly, the meaning of it and just like having it here although it was there for fun purposes of course and it was not meant to be taken serious i just i just did not enjoy it even if it was meant to elicit laughs out of me i didn't laugh once i was just like okay we we just really went through that we just had to sit through and experience (laughs) that but it is what it is it's one of those things it's it's not nothing to really take all that serious but we have to talk about it obviously it was in the show but uh not something that appealed to me personally that being said, we should talk about the ending before the mid credit scene in which we got introduced to the Wrecking Crew, which is something that they pulled from the comics. These group of men attack her in a dark alley. They attack Jennifer Walters. She's in her human form at this point, and she realizes midway through after a guy grabs her neck, like, wait a second, I'm She-Hulk. I can easily handle these guys. I can whoop their ass. She hulks out. She does handle them very easily. They retreat. And the reason that we find out that they are the wrecking crew from Marvel Comics is because one of them gets name checked as Thunderball. Um, These guys, by the way, have like the names of like professional wrestlers, Thunderball and and Bulldozer and and something else. I can't remember the other one, like Crowbar, some some ridiculous shit. Um, (laughs) But they ultimately retreat and they also say the boss is not going to be happy about this because we find out that they actually stole their equipment from an Asgardian construction crew. So they have like magical weapons that they're able to use against Jin. But again, it doesn't help them out all that much. What do you think about seeing them? And also, who might the potential boss be? Who are we looking at here? Is it Contessa? Is it Val? Is it is it is it Wilson Fisk, possibly a Kingpin mm. reference, maybe? Is it Leader? A lot of people have been speculating Leader is possibly making a return to the MCU. He was played all the way back in that Incredible Hulk movie in 2008 by Tim Blake Nelson. We haven't seen that character or have any reference to that That's character true. since that movie, but a lot of people are speculating that. Who do you think might be ultimately heading up this this new operation? Yeah, it's actually hard to say um, because there are so many um, um, possibilities. I do like the idea of Wilson Fisk just because we know there's <laughs> Daredevil is going to make a cameo in this show. Daredevil is going to make a cameo when Echo Demi is going to, you know what I mean? And I like, I like how Wilson, Wilson Fisk, if it is him, has just like these random, he has a tracksuit mafia, you know what I mean? I like how he would have like just these random <laughs> groups of guys running and doing stuff for him. It would like make sense for his character. Um, but other than that, I'm not sure. I will say, we still haven't seen Titania since episode one. That's weird. I'm sure we'll see her again soon. Hopefully, we better. She's not coming uh, till five. They've already confirmed she's not yeah. showing up again for another few episodes, which is kind of weird to think about after yeah. that first one. Because that is that's like her. That's her nemesis, boy. That's her. Yeah. <laughs> let's let's fight. Let's um kind of person. So I don't know, man. I I think I'll I'll just go Wilson Fist right now just because. Again, the daredevil of it all that we know is popping up and the weird crew <laughs> that they have here of some 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 randos. But, man, who knows? It could really be anybody. 
these guys are some fucking bums. They are whack. They they had no skill at trying to take out She-Hulk. <laughs> um, I will say about this scene, um, as, as cartoonish as it was, I actually enjoyed this because it, it felt a little bit more lighthearted. And I like bringing out these really, really obscure characters. I mean, Wrecking Crew is D-list as it can get within Marvel <laughs> Comics. But as funny as that is, they do have these ties to all these different things. Funny enough, they they're like they're like the main nemesis. Like I should say they're the main antagonists. Or not the main antagonist. Their main antagonist is Thor. They actually because they are certainly nobody's main antagonist because of how sucky they are. But <laughs> the person that they've often gone gone at odds with has been Thor in the comics. So that Asgardian connection of the construction mm-hmm. equipment makes a lot of sense as 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 it relates to who their boss is. Wilson Fisk seems like reasonable for sure. I think that that can be a cool thing. I will say that if they were going to circle back to leader, I'd totally be down for that. But only if they get Tim Blake Nelson back in the role. I, I want to see Tim him Blake back Nelson. because they they never because they never really took that character anywhere. As important as he actually is to like Hulk storylines and comic books, like we never even properly got to see his head expand to this ridiculous size because we mm-hmm. know that he ultimately gets like some gamma radiation in his system because he had a head wound. And so his it's it's almost like Modoc where his head becomes like this freakish size. So if they were able to circle back to him and, and bring him back to the MCU, kind of like what they just just did with tim roth i mean i'm here for that because i love i love being able to connect that 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 movie more so to the mcu than it has been in the past right we we've talked about how it's just not had really a place within this current canon because of the recasting of edward norton to mark ruffalo it's just been swept Mm -hmm. aside but recently with the reintroduction of thunderbolt ross and civil war tim roth now back maybe if they can even get tim blake nelson back and i was watching that movie i was like damn that would kind of be cool to circle back to him and bring it back Mm -hmm. this makes a lot of sense for this to possibly be the place to do so. So I'm hoping that they potentially go down that route, but we'll have to see any other thoughts about this episode in particular, or just what we can hope to see maybe in next week's episode before we wrap up here. Uh, I just thought it was funny <laughs> that that little, that little dude on TikTok was talking about she Hulk. He was like, I smash. <laughs> oh my gosh. I thought I was like, guy. I was, I was like, what, what is this? Um, and I, Oh, there's a, a, one more comment. I think it was on that same TikTok. Somebody was like, uh, uh, I like the idea of her. I just wish she would use her platform to stand up for the endangered lemurs. <laughs> the fuck does that even mean? <laughs> it's like she doesn't even care. <laughs> wow. Okay. It's funny because that is real life. That happens all the time. Everybody be like, what are you talking about? I seen a post like that. I think earlier somebody was like frolicking in the rain or something. And this black woman was like, I'm so sick of you white people and frolicking in the I don't know, man. She was making it something it wasn't. But it's just it's just funny how um um people will like look at somebody with a platform and be like, but why aren't they saving this? Why aren't they doing this? And of course, She Hulk being a woman is gonna get more of that as the TV show goes on. The more that she blows up, I just think it's really interesting. That's gonna be like everyone's gonna be like, Okay, but what are you doing, She Hulk? Who are you? Are you as good as the Hulk? Are you she has all these dumbass standards? that she's gonna people are gonna feel like she has to step up to but I, I love Jen's character because it's like I don't care about any of that I also have to speak to the uh uh close to the end of the episode where um 
they're like, uh, Jen, you need to control your narrative. I think Tim Roth said that to her. <laughs> he was like, the more you're not in it, the more they're going to control your narrative. And she goes on the newscast and is like, well, somebody just kind of gave me the name. You know what I mean? She's really being honest about this stuff. So I like, I like the idea of somebody just taking control of the narrative rather than just sitting there and letting um, everything go by. Because everybody can't do that, right? Like, Spider-Man is not a person that's going to pull up on the news per se. You know what I mean? You might see him on the streets and get like, I love New York or something, but he's not going to pull up on CNN and be like, hello, I'm Spider-Man. I don't know why Jonah J. Jameson hates me. Blah, 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 blah. You know what I'm saying? He can't do that. So it's really cool that I think She-Hulk can and that I think we'll see that different dynamic about her character being able to show up where other people can't show up. And as She-Hulk at that, will 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 kind of make a little bit of difference Uh in this world of the MCU. So I think that's cool. Yeah, it was uh, also interesting that they said after the commercial break they were going to talk about her diet and exercise routine, which is clearly <laughs> something she did not agree to because she said, she said what? sorry, what? Like, wait, what? <laughs> wait, what, are we, what are we talking about here? But um, yeah, I just, uh, I'm curious just to see like what the next sort of case or problem or situation they have to solve will be. And I'm also anticipating Renee Elise Goldsberry to have more time here yes, as Mallory Book because she's incredible. Please. So I want to see that relationship develop and be more meaningful because in the comics, they actually were at odds a lot and then they ultimately became mm-hmm. like really good friends. So that can go in a few different directions. And we know that there are possibly more cameos coming really soon here. Wondering about Daredevil when he will pop up. I don't believe it's in these first four episodes. Otherwise, that shit would have absolutely leaked by now. But It'll be it'll be interesting to see if they just circle back to Wong ASAP and maybe utilize him again next week or if they go in a completely different direction. We'll have to wait and see. But with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, that's all we have for this episode of Two Black Nerds. Thank you again for tuning into another podcast. We will be back next week on a new day on Wednesday because we're going to take a little bit of time over the holiday. And so our next episode will actually drop on Wednesday, September 7th, instead of our usual Tuesday time slot. And we will be back to talk about the Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power, the brand new series that will be premiering this weekend on prime video certainly can't wait to see that we're going to get the first two episodes as usual we'll be breaking down house of the dragon the game of thrones prequel episode three is going to be dropping this week so we'll be back to talk about that also honk for jesus save your soul the brand new film starring sterling k brown and regina hall is dropping on peacock in the theaters this weekend certainly going to try to check that out and talk about that and we're going to be doing our d23 predictions for marvel studios that's right d23 is actually happening next week we know that marvel has some time at that d23 expo that's happening next week so we're gonna do some predictions about what announcements might drop we know that there's a lot of dates still open on the calendar phase six still has like eight or nine dates open so we're gonna do some predictions on what we expect to see and then as usual we'll be back next friday september 9th to talk about episode four of she hulk attorney at law so plenty to look forward to next week but until then we'll see y'all next time with that being said we are audi 5000 Please check out our Nerds of Thunder collection at 2blacknerds.com. This is the year of 2022 Black Nerds. And remember, always bet on black. Appreciate y'all. Love y'all. Thank you for listening to another episode of 2 Black Nerds. Where we're too black, too nerdy. And we out, y'all. Peace. Whole lot of lame ass, fake ass, hating ass, green ass, pillow talking ass niggas. I ain't trying to spread none of these little rap niggas. I'm trying to fuck on all they bitches. I take that back. I fuck all they bitches.